welcome to the Notes of Friends podcast hosted by me, Jody Moore Lewis, where I interview women artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs about little notes of life, courage, wisdom, love, and curiosity. Excited for you to join the chat. Hi, everybody. Another Friday, another episode. Oh, so grateful to have this platform. I'm so excited for today's episode with Sophia Hazmik. It was such a fun deep dive into how she views her art and her artistry. And it's a really cool story about how she navigated herself into theater and performance. I think there's a lot of great lessons here and I'm really excited for you to be able to hear her journey. Um, One thing I'd like to point out to any actors who listen to this podcast, anybody who knows actors that listen to this podcast, um, for them the information, we now can vote to strike alongside the WGA. And that is so important. I highly, highly encourage, plead that you vote yes, that you get involved. We have 170,000 members and we need 75% to say yes. So a yes does not necessarily mean that we do strike, but it's that we authorize the board to call a strike if the AMPTP does not agree to our negotiation points, which are economic fairness, AI regulations, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. So we need at least 75%, and um, usually only 30% of us vote. So let's get out there. It's really easy. I put it in, um, I put the link in the show notes so you can easily click and vote yes. You do need to be paid up on dues, but this is so important to save our industry, save our artistry, save, showcase our worth and work ethic and our value within this industry. So share as you can. That is enough of the acting biz that I will be doing today, but um, vote yes, vote yes, vote yes, vote yes. So... I don't really have many updates right now. I'm about to go on vacation. So my next few episodes, I will be coming at you live from, I'll surprise you. (laughs) So that's kind of been where my head is at. But let me introduce the lovely Sophia Hasmik. Sophia Hasmik is a first-generation American actress who found her passion for performing through figure skating. Coming from an immigrant family, she felt there was an added pressure to make something of herself and attended the University of California, Santa Barbara for business studies. However, it was there that she discovered her love for the arts. She graduated with a bachelor's in fine arts with an emphasis on acting. Hasmik has remained dedicated to her craft and has been steadily working ever since, continuing her training under her acting coach, Marjorie Valentine. 
Before Housemeek landed Superman and Lois, she honed her craft with a handful of recurring and guest role appearances in film and television, appearing in Netflix's All the Bright Places and the popular Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser revival series, Mad About You. Her biggest inspiration in her life is her brother, who has been diagnosed with Down syndrome, and she credits him as being one of the key reasons she has the stamina to keep pushing through the peaks and valleys of working in the entertainment industry. Her meaningful relationship with him grounds her, inspires her, and very often reminds her of the importance of staying present in life. And oh boy, do we talk about presence. And here we go with Sophia Hazmik. I just thought, oh, I probably won't get to see her till the summer, but you were so game, and I love that. So game. Are you kidding me? I was like, I was like, oh, I feel honored. I feel, I'm just so excited that this worked out this way. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to talk to you. I just think you're so cool, and I want, like, to kind of hear about your journey, you know? I, I, I started this because, you know, I had, like, my newsletter, and... I just felt like I had a lot of thoughts about my own process and I'm like, I kind of want to hear about like other people's and other, other well, women specifically, but like other artists and creatives and entrepreneurs and just kind of like how they've came to be the woman they are today and the challenges and the pleasures of all of that. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to do this with you. Thanks. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start from the from the beginning. So, like, kind of tell us, like, what little Hazmik was like. And, well, I call you Hazmik, Sophia, little Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like, what was, she, what was she like? She was, I, I feel like I was pretty quiet, actually. I was, like, very to my very to myself. I feel like I'm still somewhat to myself, but you know, I grew up in a house with like five other people, like my parents, my brother, my grandparents. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it strict family. So I always like minded my P's and Q's and I was very like, I guess like self-disciplined. I don't know. I think like talking about it right now, I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, it was just a very, um, how do I, how do I say it? Like a very like mapped out childhood. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm going to be a good kid. I'm going to be a good student. I'm going to be a good yeah. daughter. It, it was very kind of like not controlled, but like I started figure skating very young. And so oh, that's a, cool. Yeah. A lot of my, a lot of my childhood was like spent in an ice rink or it was like training for ice skating. Um, so like, I don't remember too much extracurriculars outside of school and, and figure skating really. Yeah. Well, what, what was the jump to figure skating? Was it like someone in your family also did it? Did you see it on, on TV <laughs> and you were like, I want to do that or. No, no, it was really random. Like it, it's, 
somebody, the, the story that I've been told, right, is that somebody gifted me like roller skates or roller blades when I was like around three or something. And there was a rink at the time close to uh, where I grew up that had these classes for kids, like little, you know, toddler, like group classes, 20 minutes, once a week kind of thing. And my parents were just like, all right, well, we'll just put her there so she can like learn balance and she can figure out how to do this maybe on her own, just like very much at a young age, like figure it out, little girl. um, And then I, I started taking classes there and then I very quickly just started adding more classes to it. And then the group sessions turned into one-on-one and then that sort of escalated to, oh, this is the thing that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Like it felt like all I really could think about at that time was um, a career and a life in figure skating. Like I really couldn't see anything outside of it. Even when I was like, thinking of like, oh, because where I used to skate, there's a, there's like an outdoor garden and they have like wedding receptions or birthday parties and stuff. Like I was so involved in that world that I was like, if I ever get married, I'll probably get married here. Like, <laughs> like I couldn't see a life outside of this ice rink. <laughs> it's cute though. I mean, I mean, that is just like what our little brains do and see. I mean, especially when you're so excited about something. At least you were genuinely excited about it. Yeah, it was. And then then it turns into like a family thing. I think with like, um, I think with like a kid getting involved in something, I think it quickly becomes like a family affair. You know, you spend so much time, like we were at the rink hours and hours a day and so you know you have all the moms lined up or all the dads lined up and everyone gets to know each other and you build a community and so everybody gets invested and you can kind of also get lost in that a little bit just like with anything yeah and so how long were you figure skating because I know you kind of found acting a little later in life and you still figure skate to this day for fun for funsies, just to like, just to I've seen it on your Insta. It's like lighting. Well, because there's nothing, there's no other feeling in the world than than gliding and like hearing that like crisp sound of the edge of like your blade on the ice. It feels it's like it's still it's like all the chef's kisses. Um, I did it for like thirteen around like thirteen years, and it sort of. Uh, I sort of stopped um, having it like, not that I stopped having any like competitive aspirations, um, but it was very much like around 15 or so, something like that, where it just, it was, it just wasn't the fit anymore. Mm. Um, and I was getting injured a lot and I was splitting my time between school and the ice rink. And, um, a lot of the girls who were, um, more on the track of it being their career and being all of their life, like a lot of them were homeschooled and they spent like the majority of their time, like at the rink and training and doing all the supplemental training. And I just, I, my family and I, we couldn't see ourselves like doing that I think coming from an immigrant family too like knowing 
the uh, like the importance of education and also like the um the career span like it's so difficult like to or at least how we saw it I'm sure it's not um like that or maybe it is but like the career span of a figure it's kind of, it's on the shorter end of it um and so it, we kind of came to this decision of like all right like we'll take a back seat to it right now and we'll end it but thankfully that happened um because I was finally allowed to do theater on ice and kind of just skating for fun <laughs> and it was like the thing I loved doing anyways like I wasn't I wasn't much of like, you know, I could jump and I landed things and you know, execution was good and whatever. But my favorite part was like the presentation was like the storytelling of it. And I was never allowed to do anything like just focused on that because it was like, no, you're here to compete. You're here to train. So when I was like quitting, I was like, well, this is the only time we get to this will be like a good ease out of it. And through that, that's when I kind of like slowly started to discover like, oh, no, no, no. I think, I think I just want the performance. I want that outlet. It wasn't specifically figure skating. Figure skating just opened the door for me to understand that, no, you like performing and storytelling. And I don't know. It's, yeah, it was a weird way to get there, but. <laughs> that's really, but that's like your journey. That's authentic and specific to you, which is a really interesting, it's an interesting way to get there. Yeah. You know, you probably bring a lot of those aspects and that physicality to your performing, you know, as an actor and your characters and everything. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I th the one thing I will say that, I mean, also, and with Margie too, it's like the thing that figure skating instilled so much in me is the amount of like time and dedication it takes to um, like really work on like your craft on the thing that you love and you, you know, always have to make time for it and you always have to work it. And, you know, acting is just like any, it's like, it's endurance, you know, you have to keep training. Um, and so I think like coming from that, like, that's like the biggest takeaway that I, that I feel like I carry with me from figure skating is that, you know, no, 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 no. Training is, it's not, an, it's not like negotiable. <laughs> like you have right. to do the work. Um, you can't just like show up. Um, yeah. so it's that it's, that was a good thing to learn that I'll take with me for quite some time. I'm sure. Yeah, right. Like we're constantly conditioning to be ready for the game that we're going to be in whenever that may be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like, it's, yeah, it's strange. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's, but it's fun. I feel like it's, it, 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 being with Marge, it's like the hardest work that you do but like it makes the work when you get the job almost a little easier. Yeah, like you just feel you just feel prepared for it in um in such a different way like I that's I love being in class for that reason. It, it's it's like an intense training. It's like a a boot camp of sorts and you get so much from it. Mm -hmm. Um 
my God, my favorite, like as much as I love performing in class, like just sitting in the audience and hearing the notes and like writing in my journal. I mean, I'm like, I will never get rid of these journals and notes that I take, but I like look back on them. You know, it's, 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 it's good to have around and it's, it's good to know that like, there's always room to discover more. Yeah. Always room to discover more. And when, and how did you discover the stage? Because obviously there's so many other ways uh, to perform and storytell. What, what was the transition to specifically theater or acting itself in terms of storytelling for you? It was one class in high school. (laughs) It was literally just like one class in high school. Like I took an acting elective and I, um, I just really fell in love with it. It was like the, the closest thing at that time that I think that I, that I could compare to that feeling that I would get on the ice of, um, I know it sounds, it might sound strange, but it's that like feeling of like actually disappearing into something um, and your brain sort of turning off and something else taking over. Um, and it was this, it was like a monologue um, and I just remember feeling so free um, and the environment was so accepting of vulnerability and um, emotional discovery. And it was unlike anything that I had ever, um, I don't know, been invited to. And from that point on, I was like very it was like, I was hooked on that feeling, but I was also like hooked on that community as well. It was, it was like intoxicating in that way. And then I auditioned for a play in my high school. And then that play got to be at the Edinburgh uh, theater festival. one summer. Just yeah. that, just, just that little that, festival, <laughs> that little theater festival. It's like nothing, you know, nothing too big, but I, my God, I, my mind was blown. I was like beside myself, like everywhere you went, it was just like theater and performing and this and that. And I was like, these are my people. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone was just like, Oh my God. Like the energy on the streets was beyond anything that I could have ever expected and I just wanted to keep doing that like there didn't really seem like there was any other option for me even though I did take a sidestep from it for about a year and then it was just very much confirmed that this was the only thing that I could feasibly see myself doing I love that and there's more longevity to it compared to ice skating Yeah, I mean, yeah. Did you see that for yourself, I guess, in comparison? Like, uh, do you mean, um, like, oh, making that comparison? Like, I could work for a longer amount of time? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even in my, that thought wasn't even in my head. It wasn't even a thing of like, oh, like, this switch will give me, you know, more time like I can be in this career because at that point I didn't even really see it as like a career it was just something that I wanted to do to whatever capacity it was Mm -hmm. um 
yeah, it's weird. Like I said, it really didn't dawn on me as like a career. Yeah. <laughs> it was just well, like, no, I, I mean, do this. Like, I don't know what this is, but my parents <laughs> weren't happy about it at all. Like my dad hated it. Oh no. Because he, because for him, he was like, are you kidding? Like you went from figure skating, like a one in a million shot to acting or like another one in a million. Like, what are you doing? Like, what, it, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, I was like, I just kind of have to, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Well, you're, yeah, you, that was always in you. You're like you said, wanting to storytell, wanting to perform. And you're like, I just, I can't give that up. And obviously you were still very young. So obviously careers, were, you don't really need to worry about that. You're just like, I just want to have fun and like soak it all in. Lore. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, I mean, I tried, I went to, I went to UCSB and I got, I, I got in, um, as like a pre-biz econ major and I was like, so miserable. Like that first year it was awful. Um, and the thing that saved me again was one elective acting class. Like that was actually it. Like I, I was so depressed and I didn't have the words to understand like how, depression manifests physically and so for almost an entire like I thought I was sick like I thought that like my body was failing me I I was like fatigued all the time and I just didn't have like the vocabulary or the knowledge to be like oh no like something is missing so your body's trying to figure out a way to like work through depression while you don't know what that is. Um, and then it was this acting class that I took again, it's like another elective and it clicked in that moment that I need to do this, not for any other reason, but for me to be excited to get up in the morning and to work on something that I that I love to do you know and I feel like so many people spend lifetimes searching for that feeling yeah it's beautiful that you found that and you went with it you said I hear you I'm gonna do it for myself yeah I mean that's the thing it's like recognizing it is a huge step and then taking that leap to just to sort of just trust in it and um I mean, to say that it was an easy decision, it's like, it's two-sided, right? Like, it's like, I knew that for me, I had to do it, but that you know, I feel like knowing the weight of that decision and how that also like, what that means to my family and like, am I a disappointment or like, this might not work out and trying really hard to quiet all of that, to focus on what you need in that moment. Um, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. And I don't, um, and I hope more people do that because it's just not, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's difficult both ways, but I feel like it's more difficult to sort of like stay silent about what you need in life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So, so you took your class and then you're just like, what was the next step? Was it like, I'm going to start learning everything about this craft or did you, I mean, I know you said you didn't really think of it at first as like a career. So did the agent thing 
I mean, luckily you're like in LA, so it's kind of buzzing around you, but like, what was kind of your next step in your... Somebody um, in that class um, had suggested that I auditioned for their BFA program. And that was kind of like my next step. So it was like me trying to get the UCSB as a, a really great like conservatory style program there for acting. And I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's, let's give it a go. So it's like that audition was the first step. And then immediately, like the next three years, it was like, all I could think about was just doing that. And it was so fun to be in a place where that's all everybody was thinking about. And you finally feel like, oh my God, this is my tribe. Like this is, these are the people that get it. They're the same. We're the same. Um, So that felt very like warm and inviting as well. And then, um, and then I graduated and then I graduated and then I just did a bunch of like odd jobs and things like that. And I like, I I got hired out of like a temp agency to like work in an office like somewhere like as a receptionist somewhere in Santa Monica and on my downtime so embarrassing I would like google like agents in LA because I didn't know any I didn't know a single thing and like that was the whole worry in my family they were very much like well we don't know anybody in this industry like how is this gonna work for you so I was actually I was just like googling things and sending emails and making phone calls and like trying to stop by offices and just dropping off like photos that a friend of mine had taken to be like I'm like I don't know what I'm doing but like I think this is how you do it (laughs) um and then you know obviously that didn't work out it was so bad hey you had to try it (laughs) it was like cold calling I was like Google was my was my best friend at that time, and then it Google's was still sometimes my best friend. I mean, Google has been my best friend for all these years. I will never turn my back on a quick Google search. It always has your back. It's always in your hand, in your back pocket. Always there. Um, and then it wasn't until my my grandmother's neighbor she like my cousin and I were just like being silly like outside just kind of like I don't know being jokey and just being loud obnoxious like people I don't even know and um my grandma's neighbor and I started talking and I mentioned to her that I graduated uh with this like BFA and like I love acting and da 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 and she was the one who was like, you need to go see this person. And she's actually set up, um, she kind of set it up for me to go and meet this agent. It was like, it was so wild. But I was also doing like showcases and I was doing all these things. I was trying to just like figure it out somehow without, without, really knowing where to start and I also suffer from um (laughs) I I suffer from like don't ask for help just figure it out like don't be a burden (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't make things weird um like just like stay really quiet and small and so it was just a lot of me like in the dark 
like just trying to find my footing and thankfully I had like some people really really taking care of me um because I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) still don't yeah I there's no blueprint I mean now nowadays there's more like business like the business side you can like hire coaches and people to like kind of consult and guide you but yeah there's really no blueprint to this career (laughs) I mean that that that's the wildest thing about it too right is that like with every other with everything else you know you go to school for it you like maybe get an internship you maybe go to grad school but then like you kind of end up with a job or you kind of have an idea of what that is going to look like and this is kind of just people who just like really oof like it's I I don't know like I it's so it's so scary to not have a path but it's also so exhilarating to just know like I'm just here for it whatever that blueprint for me looks like we just have to be receptive to it and jump in like two feet figure it out but I feel like shortly after that you started um booking like in 20 so when what year did you what year was this that you met your grandmother's neighbor oh my god that was no that was like probably 2013 2013 2014 something like that yeah because I see like your first kind of big credit is hello my name is Doris with like Sally freaking Fields <laughs> so like how did that happen and not even just her there's like so many like so big... many. I know that was oh my god what a learning experience that was too um that was the weirdest that was I think the weirdest thing to have ever happened to me like it was like the biggest blessing and I was so confused by it I auditioned, it was like a day player role. I auditioned for one part. I didn't get it. And then I got another part and I was like, oh my God. And it was, I mean, getting to, uh, she's just also like incredible. It was just so, so many moving. I was just like having, as you can tell, I can't even make words come out. (laughs) I was so excited about it. Um, But yeah, it was like little, little, little things like that started started coming through um but then it was also like moves from like different agencies and like the millions of other jobs like the the restaurant jobs I can't even tell you how many different types of jobs and so yeah I mean what year was that I can't even remember um it's it says 2015 so you either shot it in 2015 or 2014 so I guess soon after you started meeting with agents finally you were able to book I think that was my yeah that was pretty early on that was pretty early on that was that was I remember like that phone call to my mom we were both like screaming like we still scream like (laughs) (laughs) but I screamed really loud Because I couldn't figure out what was going on. I had no idea what to expect. Um, That was a a really fun time, yeah. That's so cool. And then I know there was like a 
little bit of time in between, but then you end up doing a movie called Bad Samaritan. Yeah, Bad Samaritan. Directed by Dean Devlin, who produced, like, The Patriot and Godzilla and Stargate. So, like, what did that feel like? I mean, I feel like you were getting into, like, big hitter projects, kind of, with big names behind them. That was, Bad Samaritan was the first time that I felt like, I mean, how do I, again, like I remember getting that phone call too and just feeling so crazy about it. And it was the first time working out outside of California, like outside of my home. And I felt like it was such a learning experience for me, like being on my own and trying to figure everything out. Um, and being on that set was really just so great. Again, it was like freezing outside. And I remember like putting a hairdryer to my feet, trying to like warm up <laughs> just because just because there was like one scene where I was like running down like a like in between like two buildings. And at a certain point, I was like, I'm just going to fall over. I can't feel my legs anymore. But it felt it felt um it just felt really meaty and everybody was so inviting and it was such a rally. Oh my God, that was such a fun project to work on. That's so cool. At this point, were you with March? When did you meet? With, yeah. Yeah. So did she help coach you on this? Um, no, I don't think she helped me. <laughs> Do we don't want to give away those secrets? <laughs> like, no, I don't think she did. No, I was my yeah. own brilliance, Jody. <laughs> Just, I mean, you do have brilliance. No, but I was in class. I was, I was like, I, I've been in class, you know, like I was in class and I did, I, I remember being really excited with her too, but no, I didn't, I didn't coach on this one. It was, I think it was like, it was a self tape. It was two, it was like two scenes. I think we might've sent in like one or two takes of each scene, probably just like one take of each. Um, but I mean, a lot of it is like, yeah, like it's, it's all the work that we do in class that we get to like implement and it feels so good because it's like how you were saying, like, if you keep doing it that way, then um, it becomes easier to, to do the work and fill everything in and be prepared for it. Um, well, I don't know if it, well, I guess I don't know if it gets easier, but you feel more confident at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. I feel like confidence is really key as an artist because you're not only putting yourself out there, but you also have to believe in what you're doing too. I think people feed off that. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like on that project in particular, I, I did feel so green, you know, and I think that it's, I think that it's palpable. Like if there is not a way to like check it internally, um, or like on the flip side, ask questions, <laughs> like don't feel that by asking questions or, like double checking or confirming like a, like a specific direction or like a whatever. Um, I still have to tell myself like, it's okay to do that. Like 
by doing that, you are being professional by pretending that you know what's going on. It's not helping anybody. <laughs> just like that nod of the deer in headlights, yeah, like eyes. Yeah. yeah. Right. You kind of had to unlearn the habit of remaining small and un and not a burden. Yeah. And be like, I actually am not a burden by asking questions. I'm a burden if I just show up and not know what I'm doing. And not know what I'm doing. And like not not knowing what you're doing is so normal. It's like, you know, getting thrown into a situation that you haven't been in before and like nobody's there guiding you. And you're I, you know, I kind of felt like a little bit like like Bambi, like walking around, like my legs <laughs> buckling. Like I was like, oh, hopefully I'm doing this right. Um, but it's the asking of questions. It's like, hey, I just need clarification. And um, I mean, I, I still have to not even in acting, but just like in my day to day, I still have to remind myself, like, that's fine. Like, who said that wasn't fine? <laughs> like, that's crazy to think that that's not okay. Yeah. And how were you feeling after having like two kind of major, being a part of two major films? Like, I mean, I know that you just mentioned like having a bit more confidence, but in terms of like, your career and then also like I'm sure you were still auditioning for a lot more than just these two projects too but like where like in this is pre-mad about you pre-recurring role kind of how were you feeling at that moment were you feeling good about where your career was going or did you still feel like there was something missing from it I guess I mean wouldn't say I felt like something it wasn't that like something was missing and I wasn't you know I don't really recall auditioning a lot during that time really um and as far as anything missing I mean no not really I mean like I just kind of I think I just operated on, I think I became very good or like I'm, I'm of just being like, I guess like not like stay in your lane, but it was very much like, all right, well, we did the job and then we wait for the next opportunity. And then in the meantime, you know, you go to work, you clock in, you do your job there, you go to class, you like stay present, you work there. And so I think in my mind, I was just very much like, if we just have to, um, we just have to focus on like, trying to figure out what's like, happening now. And like, thankfully, it's like, you know, you working at like restaurants or retail or any like anything like that it 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 wasn't that it like felt fulfilling but like it filled my time so that when I did also have the opportunity to go to class or to do an audition I like relished in it like so much so it's like it's almost like class became my career do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if we're going to look at it in that way of like, oh, like career wise, like that became my job and, and like the thing that I had booked in a sense, right? It's like showing up to that or trying at least to show up to class with that level of intensity. It's like that became like the thing that I looked forward to the most. Um, and then the rest of it, like the jobs that came 
that was just like the cherry on top of it all in a way it's like of course we always want to book and we always want to be working but like I think at that point class became that for me um Mm -hmm. until opportunity came around do you know I don't yeah No, I think I asked a really kind of odd question, (laughs) but I I think that was such a really freaking amazing reframe that I hope other actors that are listening here, because I feel like, you know, even myself, like we're always trying to find like to reach for like, well, I could do this maybe to book more. Like what can I learn, you know, to maybe get in front of this casting director and like network and da 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 like it's always like, how can I be getting more auditions? How can I have a better agent? How can I meet more casting directors? And what I love for you is it's just all been about the work of the craft. And you're like, that is enough. And everything else will fall into place. And having that trust in yourself and like finding the moments of like, like I feel like people also get wrapped up and I'm saying this because of my own shit too, (laughs) but like kind of with your identity of whatever job side job you are doing, you get wrapped up in that being part of it, of who you are. And you're like, but I'm more than this. And I felt like what you just said is such a beautiful, beautiful lesson to so many artists that you're present with whatever it is, you're making your money and then you're relishing in the things that you kind of can't control, which is like being a part of class when you get an audition, really like sinking your teeth into it and giving it your all and not like putting pressure on all these other external things yeah. that we see on social media when someone books or the new the new workshop you can take, you know, casting directors doing workshops now and like, <laughs> you know, it gets a lot and you're like, well, maybe I should be doing that. Yeah, no, I mean, it is a lot. And to say that, like, I didn't do workshop, like, I did. Like, I tried to figure it out <laughs> at a certain point. I was like, you just, like, it's it's hard to keep up with it and you don't know what sticks. And it's, and it is, like, I feel like our, I was just talking about this. It's like, you know, that feeling of, of being an artist and being a creative, like, that's always going to be a part of your DNA. Like, no matter what you do to pay your rent, like that's just it like you are like it's innately in you and it's never gonna go away so there should be no fear of it going away and moreover there should like we should get rid of this fear of like people um um not judging you but I guess like labeling you in into like whatever category you know it's like you can very easily be like oh well like uh, well, uh, if I spend most of my time doing X, I guess I'm X now. It's like, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you do X to like put a roof over your head. Like, it's yeah. just, that's just all it is. Um, and like having that stamina to just like, not only keep going, but to also like combat those voices either internal or external um it's a hard thing to do and you just like I I hope everybody can recognize like that side of that that like part of you that creative side of you it it doesn't just go away because you have something else in front of you like it's that's impossible it's I I think it's impossible for that to happen um 
but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it also goes back to like, it's, it's, I think for me, at least specifically, it just goes back to like needing that outlet where it's like, I can deal with whatever is happening, like in my like little cocoon of a world, like whether it's like traffic or work or this or that or whatever, if I have that outlet, you know? And so because class was always there, I was like, all right, this is where I go. This is, this is my (laughs) weekly retreat. Yes. (laughs) Like the world is fine and it's manageable for me right now if I just like get to go there I think like at that time it was every Thursday night <laughs> oh the Thursdays I came in after the Thursday well I came in pandemic time so everything got weird but oh my god those zoom classes, those zoom classes. taught me so much too let me tell you <laughs> yeah I mean that woman she is a genius and genius absolute yeah. genius thank god for her yeah But so with all that being said, it's just a beautiful thing to also reflect on your resume of projects because it is, it does seem like quality over quantity. Like you really were like allowing in really amazing projects to learn from. And it wasn't just like trying to kind of, you know, grasp at, you know, whatever little thing that you can do. Um, you know, you have all these awesome films and then you have a recurring on the Mad About You reboot and then you do the film All the Bright Places on Netflix with Elle Fanning. So those were kind of back to back, right? Um, we, All the Bright Places, I premiered after, I think after or like. Yeah, it's 2019, 2020. Yeah. So I didn't know how close that was, but. But it was films the year prior um so it just like took a it took a little bit of time so I think it premiered just like a little bit before um no 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 no. that's wrong oh my god because that was like premiered right before shutdown I want to say oh wow okay right because 2020 (laughs) we still had a couple months of like normalcy for me it it, yeah it was february and there was the shut then everything shut down in march so yeah so it was right before that so um but yeah but it was it was filmed before mad about you but like as far as like you know i think Honestly, and I don't know if this is like a weird thing to say, but like, as far as like quantity of projects that I've worked on, it's like, or how you were saying quantity and quality, it's like, I, I would have loved to even have like, had like other, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I love it so much because I almost feel like it was like, oh yeah, I just was like, I'm going to choose to do this project. <laughs> Right. And I know, I, I know that you didn't, it wasn't that much of a luxury. Oh my God. If I could have been on set for like five minutes, I'd have been like, I, I'll do it. But I guess in like the hindsight of your mentality and your work ethic and how you, you are, you were approaching acting and the career of acting that's kind of what is reflecting back. But I know in the moment you were like, no, I would rather book everything and be on set and learn and learn and do and do. And <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like for me in my like small world, like 
it's it's just really cool to see someone you know the quality of your credits is insane to me and where you're at now is pretty rad which we're about to get to after we chat a little bit yeah. about the two okay. credits before <laughs> um I mean all the right places was an absolute like dream come true um working on that set um shot in Ohio and again being away and kind of um jumping into this world it was um it felt so it felt so safe and it felt so like playful and vulnerable and everybody connected and um nothing felt forced and it was so much fun and like yeah, that is an experience that I think that it will always stay probably closest to my heart. Like, honestly, it was so incredible. Mad about you. Oh my God, that was so, it was so rad. It was so rad. Like, I, I like, I couldn't even, I couldn't, I really couldn't believe it. We had like a table read, um, at Sony and I was so nervous. Like I, I was shaking, like I was absolutely shaking. I was so nervous. And, um, and this is your first television project. I did one thing. It was like the first thing I'd ever booked was a show called like see dad run. And oh. that was the first thing I did it was a show on Nickelodeon. And that was like the first like sitcom like show like that formula um and that was also incredible too like that just, it just felt like so cool because it also just felt like tv plus theater like it was like right right yeah, the best of both worlds all together <laughs> um but to be a part of like the, the mad about you family um god what an incredible blessing it was to be around like such incredibly talented people and you got to really be up close to see how this machine works and how much of a machine it is like it was like oh my god like everyone was operating to their like fullest like selves and it was just so incredible to even be like the tiniest part of it I I was floored. I was floored by, I was floored by everybody, truly, truly floored by everybody. And again, like great, like great organic connections, like from like cast, crew, all of it. Like it, it felt again, like another um, little haven and it was in LA. So it felt so, even the smallest thing of just like driving to work like, and just like being planted there. It was like a Monday through Friday situation. Like I felt like, oh my God. And we had a table read every week and it felt like proper, it felt like theater. I was like, this is so, this is my jam. It's <laughs> <laughs> my jam. Um, and it was, it was a fun character and, you know, everyone is like comedy, comedy, comedy on that show. And it just felt so much fun to play in that world. Um, like this, like, it was just like a ground, it was 
it was comedy, but it was grounded and it was executed so well. And I got to like, like learn from absolute like talents. And I just felt so humbled and in awe of the whole experience for sure. Yeah. So deserving. And then the pandemic happens. But right before the pandemic, I audited Marjorie's class. And I didn't even know you at all. I know I've told you this story, but I'm going to say it to everybody now. Everybody who listens. Um, And I remember you and Diana did Glengarry Glen Ross, the female version. Oh, my God. And I was like, who is this girl? She's so good. Like, um, you were like, just like so unafraid to just go wherever you needed to go and your physicality and it was like so interesting to watch and then we got paired up on zoom to work together and I was like oh my god I get to work with Hazmeek I was and so <laughs> it was well well but we didn't get to work I together really because and it was fun though. <laughs> <laughs> yes because you found out that you <laughs> were booking another recurring on the show that you're on now, Superman and Lois. Yeah. yeah in a pandemic. A pandemic. Oh my God. Yeah. In a pandemic where, yeah. Jeez. That was so wild. I was like, I was like, I remember I was being trained to be Margie's assistant while at the same time doing another assistant job and all that stuff. And when I found out I was like in a parking lot and just like, either in the middle of a meeting or like just finishing a meeting. And I found out and I just started like running laps in this like empty parking lot. (laughs) I was, I didn't know what to do with my body. I just couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Like whatsoever. I could not figure it out. And so all I could think to do was start running. And (laughs) I just was like circling like a crazy, like I was, I remember exactly what I was wearing too. I had these like sweatpants shorts on and cowboy boots. And I just like went on a sprint because I didn't know what to do with the energy pent up inside. (laughs) Now, and at this point um, with Chrissy, it was a recurring role. Did you know it was going to be a recurring role through the entire season? I did know it was, well... I knew it was going to be recurring. And then I think, yeah, I did know it was going to be recurring throughout the whole season. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and that's why you were running. This is like the longest job. Yeah. And it was so, and it was like so many things too, right? Because it's like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, It was self-tape, but then we did like the director session over Zoom and that was so much fun. But it's again, it's like one of those things when you do tapes, you're just like, and we're sending it off into we don't know where. Um, And then it it shot in Canada and, you know, we shoot in Canada and it was like at the height of the pandemic. So there were so many emotions going around where it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then it was like. Oh my God, like when, when am I, when, when are, what's happening? When are we leaving? (laughs) Like, it was just so quick, like one after another, where I felt like I couldn't really catch up to it. Um, Yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it was a a pretty intense, like month and a half of trying to figure out like what the next year was going to look like. Yeah. And, um, 
even though it was like probably like such a awesome opportunity and awesome cast it was a really I, I feel like you might have told me and you can speak a little more on it it was still a difficult situation with because of the pandemic and having to like carve out time to isolate yeah. being away from your family from your boyfriend from your dog doing something that you love but how difficult it was to navigate back and forth it wasn't just the luxury of just like going to LA for a weekend to visit um yeah, I mean, there was that different type of isolation going on it was definitely like it was it was a bit scary like I thankfully I knew like one person here before I came up here but it was the isolating was really hard like the quarantining was really difficult two weeks out of it like like out of 10 months of being here, it was like a total of two months all said and done about two months of quarantining in a hotel room. And, you know, of course, like everyone is as supportive as they can be. Um, but it was really hard and family couldn't come up because the border was closed. And um, I will say, though, that through that experience, um, the intense bonding that happened with the cast sort of towards the middle, maybe like end of the first season, because in the beginning, it's like, you know, there, if you weren't working, you were either like trying to keep to yourself, always masked, nobody was going anywhere. You were kind of very much like to yourself in your own little world. And like very slowly, we all kind of started going on walks together and just like doing the distancing, but like, you know, like being adorable and being like, let's go to the park and things like that. And so it created such a bond, I think also because we really could not leave. (laughs) Like we really couldn't go um anywhere and it was hard but like but like they're all my family now like it's it's I know it sounds so cheesy to say but I really do feel that now that with like the border being open it's kind of like this funny thing of like okay like wait are you gonna go are you going to LA this week okay wait when are you coming back though like okay will you stay here this week like I'm gonna do this do you want to come to that like it just falls like so good now because when we're even away for a little bit of time we're like well when are you back (laughs) yeah yeah you're just like like, yeah you went through something like you always go through something when you're on set with people experiencing a project for the first time but it was like you had a whole other layer of this connection and it definitely shows like you can feel it like when you guys have like your instagram takeovers and then like you know your season keeps, keeps getting renewed um or your show gets, keep, keeps getting renewed. What was it like getting the audition for Chrissy? Like getting the breakdown? Like what did you think? Like has she transformed from like when you initially like were creating her from your audition process to like when you went on set with her? I th- I think so. Like I think now, yeah, especially now. I mean like the growth that Chrissy has had like season to season is something that I aspire to in my real life. <laughs> it's very impressive. Um, Art and imitates life. <laughs> she's very in tune with who she is. And, you know, like she was described as a go-getter and she absolutely is a go-getter. Like she was running the Smallville Gazette um, all like really on her own until 
Lois and her became partners in the Gazette uh, last season um, and like meeting her idol and what that meant to her and like understanding the balance of like being in awe of somebody and being like having them be your professional hero, but also knowing how to work with them in a professional place and how to be a partner with them and what that growth looks like. And um, she has, it's not, I wouldn't say that she's changed. I'd say that like, she, she's just grown. She's just grown immensely. And with that, like, I get to grow with her. And like, as I get to discover more about her, like, so does the audience. So it kind of feels like a come together on this journey, all of us, like, let's all take this journey together. <laughs> I love that. And that journey took you to becoming an official series regular on the show, which you have been, and you found out last year, right? 2021, oh, last year's 2022. What is time? I know, what is time? <laughs> so I you find like- out in over the summer of 2021 yes 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 Yes. there we go there's our timeline (laughs) did were you in sweatpants and cowboy boots running in a parking lot again I need to know (laughs) I I I was somehow I think I was like in the apartment I was in the apartment I was in the hotel room that I was at for 10 months um but I was running around I was running circle like I couldn't because I think that um I think there was kind of like this understanding of, you know, like, yeah, like knowing that that role could go that way. And I always operate on the like, well, it could not, you know, like my mind immediately goes to like, until it's official, we're going to just play like it's not happening because that's just kind of how, you know, how I protect myself. But I'm also like, "Eh." it's, it's better to think that way and just like try to be as present as possible. Um, but it was like, I, I was, I was freaking out. I was freaking out for so many reasons, but one of the main reason was that I got to come back and be with everybody again, like thinking on it right now. I, I can't imagine like knowing how, how much I love everyone that I'm like, God, it would have been a crazy last two years if I didn't get to like see them every day. (laughs) Right. You're like, no, this is well. I mean, and that goes back to like, I'm in my presence. I'm here. This is what's happening. And I'm loving it. (laughs) There's nothing. Yeah. I just got to like focus in on, on the day. Otherwise everything gets away from you, you know, like, like, time is like that we can't even figure out what two years ago was (laughs) I know well I personally feel like 2022 did not happen it was a it just flew by I don't don't think it happened either I think I think that we just jumped straight into it um yeah it it was weird March but like (laughs) that's also a scary thought it goes by too fast to keep thinking of the future you know like yeah, I know. I was journaling this morning. I was like, it is March. And in my head, I was like, how is it already March? And I was like, but I don't want to write that down because they've already said that all about 2022. And I really don't want this year to be like, how is it already this time? How Like, I really refuse, but it's really hard. 
I have been trying so hard to get out of the place of saying like, well, time doesn't matter because that's been my go-to to just be like, oh, it's irrelevant. Like time, time means nothing anymore because I've just been saying that since like March of 2020, <laughs> like time means nothing and it makes no sense and we're all just floating and it's fine. And it weirdly still feels like a little bit of that where I'm like, I haven't caught up to that time like at all so the only thing I can do to help myself is just focus on today <laughs> <laughs> this moment this podcast so interview specifically right, yeah. for real low like because I'll, I'll start spinning I'm sure I will <laughs> <laughs> well out of everything do you have a moment or like a memory that you feel the most proud of thus far in Sophia Hausmeek's life? Oh, man. Um, wow. That is such a great question. Um, in my life, like in my life uh, pertaining to acting or just like in my life general? General, whatever. I know, I mean, I feel like this, I, I don't know that it's like one one moment, one one thing specifically, but... Anytime I'm with, anytime I'm with my brother is a special moment for me. And it all kind of gets wrapped up in one moment. Because <laughs> I think yeah. he has a way of suspending time like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll just say <laughs> No, that's very simple. I know. I feel like it's kind of an unfair question. Do you have one moment in your life? But I just like to see how it blooms. Doesn't mean that nothing else you could be proud of but I love that you and your brother you're you're so close you 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 share him a lot with us he's just absolutely incredible but like yeah it's so funny it's like I I don't know that I I think also this is again something that I do need to work on in terms of like taking ownership of what I am proud of in my own like in my like in my space and something that I've created but like I'm so like, I don't know if proud is even the word, but like, I relish my, my moments with my family. Like I try to live in it as much as I can. Um, and I just feel like weirdly enough in that I, I, I take a little bit of of that like with me like everywhere it's like kind of really in just it's like just in you do you know yeah and yeah. so I I don't know and now I feel like I'm just like rambling on but no you're doing you're perfect <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like lost in a thought now yeah. but no, like any 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 opportunity that I get to um a get to be with like my brother and my family like just like the people that like I, I love and, and care about so much and when I see like their happiness and that's kind of where I feel most proud is like the people um the people around me <laughs> like yeah. that's I think like when I feel like that that sense of pride um it's more external but I mean, they're all magic, you know, like. <laughs> I love that. They're all magic. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. You are so amazing to talk, to talk with and, and listen. I feel like so many people are going to get so much out of your nuggets of wisdom and life and viewpoints. <laughs> and I want to leave you with a little something. So at the end of each episode, I have a note that's passed to my guest from my previous guest. So Tori, who is a um, writer and creative poet uh, from Brooklyn, she was my guest before and she wants me to send you a specific podcast. It's from Amanda Seals podcast on the creative process, but she wanted me to read you this quote from Amanda Seals, (laughs) from Tori, from Amanda Seals, from Tori to you. I love it. It'd be the most non-trying-ass people that want to tell you something about trying something. The people who are not willing to go past the idea and fall on their face are the first ones to laugh when when your face is down in the mud. And those people are the people that when you get out of that mud, make sure you spit that mud in their face by trying again. (laughs) I love that. What? So good. Just like... Keep showing up, baby. <laughs> you have to send me this. <laughs> I will. No, I'm. I will. I. When she read it to me, I was like, "You sound way cooler than me, Tori." I don't know if I'm able to read this back. <laughs> you read it perfectly. I'm just like a white girl saying it'd be the most non-trying ass people, like <laughs> trying to be Amanda Seals right now. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible. Oh my God. I, I need that. Like, I just, I need a heart. I just need like a physical. <laughs> Maybe I should put it in the show notes for everyone to be able to read it. <laughs> but I will gift you the episode too, because she wants you to listen to it. That's her gift to you. Her, her note passed to you. I love that. <gasps> what a fabulous thing you're doing. This is incredible. <laughs> Oh, Jody, thank you so much for having me. Like, this has been an absolute delight. And I'm just so happy that, like, just so happy that we got to do this for real. Same. You are magic, too. You come from a magical family and you are magic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Notes with Friends podcast hosted by me, Jody Moore Lewis. Please do not forget to like and subscribe. It helps boost the show in the charts. I'd also like to thank... Dan Emilio Robocop for my music. Next week, episode nine, only a few more left. I hope you stay tuned and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.